Welcome to the teaching ministry of The Cause Church. We pray you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. Good morning. So good to see you all fighting the rain to get here. My Siberian Husky, Gracie, loves the rain, but she loves the mud and went outside today and was just totally covered in mud. So this was plan B. I think this is a third outfit I put on with trying to keep her clean and get her to where she needed to be. I have a joke for you. According to the Alaska Department of Fish and Game, while both male and female reindeer grow antlers in the summer, the male reindeer lose their antlers at the start of winter, usually early November. The female reindeers keep their antlers all the way until spring. You know what this means? This means that all of Santa's reindeers from Rudolph to Blitzen are females. I'm just saying. And listen, a side note, only a woman could drag around a fat man wearing a red velvet suit, go all over the world in one night and never get lost. Come on. Maybe they won't let me preach again. Are you ready this morning for the word of God? I have a Christmas devotional thought for you today, and um, I really, it goes to what I'm experiencing in my life, so I pray that you'll hear my heart and uh, that the Lord's power will flow through. Will you stand with me for a moment? We're gonna look at a unique verse that people usually don't use around this time of year for Christmas. It's Hebrews eleven thirteen, and this morning I actually am using the King James Version. Will you read it with me? It's up on the screen, ready? Through faith, we understand so that things which are seen. Okay, that was really terrible. Oh, okay. All right, that's a good reason. Okay, yes, because we have these backdrops. You know, I wanted to slide down that slide Thursday at Bible study, and I thought I'd break it. Okay, through faith, we understand that the words were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen, now pause for a minute, and then repeat after me, were not made of things which do appear. Okay, through faith, we understand what's happening in our life. How many of you know that there's some things that happen to you and you really, it's not what you expected, it's not what you anticipated, and you have to move in that faith realm? Lord, I pray this morning, it is just a privilege that you chose me, a, a meager vessel, but willing vessel, to share your word. And so I pray that your word is gonna flow with truth and life and light I pray, God, that we'll be transformed by the renewing of our mind, that we'll take another step towards your will, that we'll become energized by your Holy Spirit and have the desire, discipline, and determination to be all that we can be. Change our thinking, transform our hearts. In your name, amen. You can sit. Thank you. Sorry about that. I respond to sign language. So my, I have three children, John, Josh, and Shannon. So my middle son, if you didn't know, they moved to Texas a week ago. So we had this brilliant idea. They moved on a Tuesday, and we had this brilliant idea to fix a Thanksgiving turkey dinner for them because John's family wasn't feeling well on Thanksgiving, and, and Josh and Elizabeth were with her parents. 
So Shannon helped me and we cooked for two days. Now, man, it's a journey. Just hang in there. We cooked. We made, you know, I made a cheesecake three-layer that took forever. We had a cobbler, side dishes, candied yams that John really likes, mashed potatoes and gravy, you know, green beans, broccoli and rice. I, just a feast. A 19-pound turkey. And I had this grandiose picture in my mind that this would be a great meal, our last meal together. And some of you are going into the holidays or just came out of Thanksgiving and you're going into Christmas. I had this picture of it would just be nice and restful and we'd enjoy one another and be happy. And we sat down at the table and I won't say who it was out of my grandchildren, but Amos sat down and looked at the meal and Barb had made mac and cheese, which my grandkids love. And he looked at all this food and said, this is not what I pictured. I wanted a hamburger. And I smiled sweetly while I wanted to grab him by the neck and strangle him. And in that, and then he said, he didn't just, and I said, Amos, you've got mashed potatoes and gravy, you have macaroni and cheese. And he looked at me and he said, this sucks. Now we're pastors and we don't say that. And I looked at him, and I'm not his mom or his dad. I don't think they heard him. And we all have that parent, grandparent voice that's really sweet, and it's about at this decibel, but internally you're really yelling and trying to get their attention of knock it off. And I had a little bit of a conversation with him. Amos, you love cheesecake. You love ice cream, you love sprinkles, and if you don't eat your food, no dessert for you. Smiling sweetly. See, I worked with kids, I smile sweetly. Okay, made it through dinner, started dessert, and then I heard, uh-oh, which is never a good thing to hear when your grandkids are in your house. I walked down the hall, and I won't say who, but Anaya, my little almost three-year-old twin, had taken the hand towel and flushed it down the toilet. Uh-oh. And I said to her, again, using that sweet grandparent voice, Anaya, we do not flush things down the toilet. Only toilet paper. And she threw herself on the ground and had a hissy fit. And I thought, and then she was told, Anaya, that was a bad decision. And I thought, I need a timeout. <laughs> because I was ready to not tell her it was a bad decision. I was ready to discipline her in a different way. So I grabbed Gracie and went for a five-minute timeout. And I thought, this is not what I pictured. I had this great picture in my mind. This is not what I expected or anticipated. And that's where the title of my sermon comes from. How many times in life do we hit that point where this is what I pictured? It's a very difficult thing, my precious friends, to adjust your perspective when you pictured it one way and it turns out a totally different way. Some of you are sitting in church today and you're thinking, yeah, I'm at a point in life that I never thought I'd be at. Maybe it's a relationship you're in. Maybe it's your marriage. I just had somebody at the last service tell me that her husband, after 32 years, walked out on her. 
Maybe it's even your relationship with God. Is there anybody online or in church today that's living in a scene that you didn't picture you'd be in in this season? So let me just ask you this question. Where did you get your picture? Did you get it from Instagram? If you did, I'm praying for you. Did you get your picture from glimpses of what people tell you how you should be and the people around you? God operates from the invisible picture while we're trying to make sense out of our life because what we see is visible. The faith realm, my precious friends, we don't see. Where did you get your picture of God? How do you picture God? Do you picture him as King Trident off of the Little Mermaid that just zaps at stuff? Who do you think God is? So we're gonna talk about the birth of Christ today and I wanna talk about Joseph in particular. Matthew 1.18, and I'm looking back at the NIV translation. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, and he was a righteous man, Joseph was faithful to the law, and he did not want to expose her to public disgrace. They could have stoned Mary to death for being pregnant. So he had in mind, he had in mind, he had in his mind to divorce her quietly. I love that phrase, he had in mind. So much of the decisions that we make in our life that causes confusion are because we had in our mind before we consult God to see what he has in store. Matthew 1.20, it says, but after he had considered this, I don't know why the angel waited a while to appear to Joseph. After he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of God, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. I wonder if Joseph thought, why couldn't you have told me that six months ago? Why does God make until after, why does God wait until after we have plans made and then come and interrupt them? Here's a profound point that I hope you hear this morning. The greatest hope that the world was ever given came through the greatest disappointment that Joseph would ever know. God can move, God can do things. The only problem, my beautiful friends, is sometimes God has a different picture than you have. I have one sister, by the way, did I mention she's two years older? She's two years older, petite, smaller than I am, ambitious, healthy, walks a lot, you know, active. And about six months ago, she hurt her sciatica. And so she slowed down. She lives in Sacramento, but it didn't get better. She went into physical therapy, had pain management, wasn't getting better. And by two months ago, she was using cane and then a walker. And now she can barely move in a wheelchair didn't feel well. And I said, it's got to be your hip. Just have them do an MRI. So a week ago, she had an MRI and they found a mass. She'll have a biopsy on the 20th. This isn't what I pictured God. I thought she would just need a hip replacement, not 
mass cancer. But whose report do we believe? We will stand on the word of God. I know the man who made her. Surely he can heal her. Listen, we hit points in life where it's not what we pictured. And I cried out to God. That's where the title of my message came from. God, you moved my son and his family, which they're called, by the way, to Texas. The Lord called them. But I've worked with Josh since he was 15 in church. I've served with him. He reminds me of Bob. I love my family right now because I never thought I'd be standing in front of you and not have Bob here. I'm going through that loss, even though I'm so excited for them, but I'm grieving that they're gone. And then I get this report about my sister. God, this isn't what I pictured. And yet God is still God and still in control. Listen, my precious friends, the problem isn't the situation and what your circumstances are. It's your picture. I'm sure Mary had her dress picked out. I'm sure she had the dress she was going to wear. She lived in Bethlehem. They say in scripture, can anything good come out of Bethlehem? I've been in Bethlehem. It is not fancy. It is just like in the boonies. Mary had older parents. She loved God. She had her dress picked out, and then she found out that she was going to have a virgin birth and couldn't wear a dress and could be stoned to death and had to tell Joseph. Are you trying to build your life with the wrong picture of what you thought it would be or what you think it's supposed to be? God tells us that before we were even born, that he knew the plan for us. So my word of encouragement to you and what I'm having to do in my life is switch your picture. Switch your picture because you're going to sabotage yourself by what you feel if you hang on to the picture that you've built. Matthew 1.20 says, After he'd considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him. Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary home. He moved in faith. We need to move in faith. Now, I'm going to rock the boat. I'm going to take a vote. Mary had to had to give birth to Jesus. Joseph had to name Jesus. Who thinks Mary had the harder job or Joseph? I'm going to ask you, who thinks Mary had the harder job? Raise your hand. We'll take a vote. Okay, mainly women. All right. They're like, yo, I've given birth to a child. It was Mary. I'm telling you. Who thinks Joseph had the tougher job? Raise your hand. Okay, there's some women. And some of you are just total cowards. You did not raise your hand. You are not participating. This group right here, I can see you. I'm standing in front of you. You did not participate. Online, they were raising their hands better. Listen, I had the nativity scene. I bought this little play school nativity scene that my grandkids could play with, especially the twins under three. By the way, I'm missing the angel. And they put Joseph up on where the angel's supposed to be. But Amos, I'm going to pick on Amos. I hope Josh doesn't see this online or Elizabeth. But Amos was playing with the nativity and he said, he said, look, mom, it's Mary and Joseph. And I said, yep, it is. And he picked up Joseph and he said, do you know Joe? Joe Mama. And I said, yes, I know Joe Mama. And then he looked at me and he goes, but you're old. And I said, Amos, that Joe Mama has been around for quite a while. Put, 
put Joseph back. Take him off of being up on top of the stable like an angel. <laughs> Joseph wanted to walk away, but God had something different in store because God is building our lives with a different picture. He's building your life with a different picture. Mary knew. Mary knew it was her baby. Mary knew that she wasn't with a man. She knew. She knew beyond a shadow of a doubt. Listen, my precious friends, Joseph didn't know. He had to accept this on faith. He had to believe what he couldn't see and believe what he couldn't be sure of and believe what he couldn't prove. He had to move in faith. Now, I'm not trying to be sacrilegious, and it was okay last service. Nobody came up and boxed my ears. But Joseph moved in faith. He listened to the angel of the Lord. He believed it was a miracle. He moved in faith, and he moved forward and let go of the past, which is a word for some of you. It's not, and I'm not trying to be rude, it's not like Joseph three years later, they were in the mark, market buying things, and he looked and saw Ronnie, sorry if you're Ronnie, and said, hmm, there's Ronnie, and Jesus has ears that have a curve, like, hmm. He moved in faith and let go. When you move in faith, you move. You don't dwell. You don't go back. He moved forward. He didn't know. He, he had to move in faith. Faith enables us to understand what God is doing and who God is, even if we don't see the picture, even when we don't understand. Matthew 1, 21 says, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Then Matthew 1, says, all this took place. He's saying, Joseph, all this took place. Everything you can't see, I'm telling you what I'm gonna do. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. We sing that beautiful song, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop. You never stop working. God has the picture. God has this. Joseph was a carpenter. Carpenters are very methodical. They measure. It wasn't easy for Joseph to let it go. The message of Christmas is about his presence. It's not how you picture things. My precious friends, do you get your picture from the word of God or from the world? Listen, some of you have the wrong picture of heaven. You're gonna be startled when you go to heaven. You know why? You're gonna get to heaven and see somebody there that you don't like and they're gonna be in heaven. <laughs> Are you framing this season of your life with faith? Or with fear. Can't do both. As you look at what you cannot understand in your, life, in your life right now, because it's different than what you pictured, can you just let it go and trust God? Things aren't always what we think they are. Listen, I had some gal walk up to me last night and say, oh, you're Pastor Sherry. I've seen you online. I said, yeah, it's nice to meet you. She said, well, you're shorter and stumpier than you look online. 
it's so nice to meet you. What did you say your name is? It, I wasn't what she pictured. Things aren't always what we pictured. By the way, I know you're wondering, I took the high road. I didn't tell her to go down the street to a different church. I was really kind to her. Do you picture things bigger? Do you picture them smaller? Did you picture that at this age, things would be easier? Did you picture that your kids were gonna play pro sports and they don't even like sports? Did you picture they were gonna go to college and they can't even stand school? Listen, I pictured adulthood, adulthood is different. I thought by this age in life, I would know things better, deal with things better, not have to deal with anger, frustration, loneliness, some of the emotions I deal with. I didn't know. I still have to figure it out. I still have to give my life to the Lord and have less of me and more of Him. You know, I feel like instead of a fully cooked turkey, I'm half-baked sometimes. It surprises me. I know it in my head, but I don't live it always in my heart. I didn't think I'd be standing in front of you at this age without my husband beside me. Things don't go the way we think they'll go. I have an illustration for you. We have a great media department. I move, they're really good about moving with me. I stand still, they're really good about framing me. But sometimes God will do this in our life. Now watch the screen, not me. Sometimes in our life, we're in a situation and we think, where's God? Where'd he go? Now you're here in the church and you see me online, they hear my voice. So online, they hear my voice. But for all they know, I've left the building. But I'm saying to you, he's here. He's still here. But we feel like because of what's happening, look at the screen, don't look at me. We feel like because of what's happening, he's not there. He left me. This isn't, this isn't how it's supposed to be. What happened? I didn't expect this. Listen, my precious friends, the Lord would have you know, he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He needs you to know that in your heart and mind. John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. I can't see him, but I trust him because he spoke it. I can't see him and I don't always feel it, but I know it because his word says it. He's with me. He's with me on my good days. He's with me on my bad days. He's with me when people like me. He's with me if nobody will return my text. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. He's with me when I'm married. He's with me when I'm divorced. He's with me when I'm going, doing really well, getting along with my family. He's with me when it's not going so well. He will never leave you. He's with you when there's a storm. He's with you when the sky's clear. You know what I love about the storm we're having today? When it clears up, it's gonna be gorgeous. The storm comes, but then the beauty and the majesty of who Jesus is comes. Listen, my friends, he didn't leave. You just have to change your frame. Can you praise him? Can you acknowledge that he's with you? Can you know that he's with you? Can you, can you not be afraid? Can you face your fears with the frame of faith? God isn't building your picture. He is building your purpose. Switch your picture. Be who God called you to be. Celebrate what he gave you. 
it might be a different Christmas for you this year. It might not be what you anticipated or expected, but God is still God. Let go of what you're picturing and allow God to come in and move in his powerful way. When you understand how he came, you'll understand why he came. So let me close with three thoughts. Three things about how Jesus came. Number one, when he came to Mary, he came through somebody that was insignificant. She was just a meager, humble gal. Her parents were older when they had her. She loved God. There was nothing spectacular about Mary. It is such a great example of how God takes somebody ordinary to do something totally extraordinary. God chooses people that we sometimes deem insignificant because they're willing and able. You know, we tend to look at professional athletes, rock stars, you know, actors, actresses. We are all significant in God's eyes. And he can take you and do miraculous, powerful things. Number two, what he did, and John touched upon this last week, what he did was impossible. Scripture tells us, and that is such a great example, nothing is impossible with God. Whose report are you going to believe? Sure, my sister has a mass in her body, but God made every intricate part of her body, and he can come in and change her bones and her, her blood and heal her. Nothing is impossible with God. If you're facing something and you don't see a way, I'm telling you that he can come in and he will make a way. He will do something miraculous. And the third thing, which I like the most, is the intimacy of Mary and Joseph's relationship with God. Some of you I know and you're an acquaintance. I know your name. I know a little bit about you, but I don't know details about you. I've not had the opportunity to sit with you and talk to you. The more you spend time with people in a relationship, the more you get to know them and the more your relationship grows and it becomes intimate. Some of you know God. You've asked Jesus into your life, but you do not have that intimate relationship with him. In fact, you don't even know his voice because you haven't been around him long enough to hear and know his voice. He comes into your heart when you receive him by faith, but he wants to bless you, to help you, to use you, but he can only do that if you will spend time with him and get to know him and if you will be obedient and trust him. And if you will have faith in him and not look at your picture and what's happening, but look at who he is. It's a personal, intimate relationship with him. I have to question my faith. Do I believe that all things work together for good to those that love the Lord? Or do I only believe that when things are going the way that I pictured and anticipated? I speak over all of you that you'll switch your picture where it won't be your picture. It will be his picture, trusting him, releasing things to him. I speak over you that you will move in this season with immovable, unshakable, steadfast faith, that you will be firmly planted in who he is, that you will grow in him and love him and trust him more. Let's pray. God of grace, God, you're our comfort.
I delivered your word this morning to the best of my ability, God. And I'm thankful for your help and thankful for the power of who you are. Your word, God, is good seed, and I pray it falls on good soil today. And Lord, I pray for those that are living in a picture that they didn't expect or anticipate. And I know, God, that there's people online in here that are really in pain. And I pray that we can release that to you and say, God, thank you that you are in control and you're going to work this together for my good. You know, we all hit that place at some point, Lord. We all move through this life and we tend to expect it to go one way and it goes another. But you are here, God. You are always here. You will never leave us. You will never forsake us. You are Emmanuel. You are the King of Kings. You're the Lord of Lords. You are with us. You are for us. You are a good, good father. You are a faithful friend. You are a wonderful counselor. You are our, you are, you are our, I cannot say our, you are our almighty God, our everlasting father, the prince of peace, God. We love you. We praise you. Will you raise your hands for just a moment? God, I speak over everyone here that they will receive your peace, your calm delight, your peace that surpasses all understanding, that they will know your presence, that they will rest under your protective wing. And God, I pray that in whatever season of life, whatever they're navigating, that they will switch their picture to focus on what you have for them instead of their expectations, God. I thank you, Lord, that you are gonna use us in a powerful way I thank you for the gift of sending your precious son. I pray that in this season that we're going to navigate it with grace and love and joy. In your name I pray, amen. Thanks for listening to this message from The Cause Church. For more information about The Cause or for further resources, visit our website, thecause.cc or call 714-255-0930.